February 13th, 2011, 8.5-bit episode 6. I'm your host, Stephen Lamb. With me tonight, I have Mr. Ian Matty. Hey, y'all. You know, no, no, I can't do this, man. Can't do this. Hey, you know, we need to reboot. Start over. No. Go right from the beginning. We, don't, we should start recording on Sundays instead of Fridays and make it new. Make it fresh. Make it hip. Make it happening. Make no. it punchy. No. J.D. Viardo? No? Okay. <laughs> Hello? Hi, and my very good friend, recording from inside a liquor store, Baljo Body. Yo, what's up? Nice to meet you, Baljo. Hey, uh, hi. I'm saying that right. Yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tonight's topic: we will be talking about comic books and comic book media. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, fairly well. Yeah. Uh, well, Tired. Well, start, let the new guy start off first. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you want exactly? Got you. What are your credentials, Valjo? Where are your credentials? Uh, my credentials? Oh, it's hard to detail. Um, I write a really irregular blog called digitalbodycount.com. Uh, Stephen was on an episode of our podcast as well that goes by the name The Bodycast. Um, that's about it. I work at a liquor store. I run this place. And I'm a television production student. So, Cool. What uh, systems that. do you play? Uh, everything except the Wii. Because the Wii isn't a game system anymore for kids. True. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and... and Okay, it's, it would be kind of dishonest to say that I play the PS3 because uh, uh, everyone else in my family uses my PS3 more than I do, so. Nice. All but, right. But yeah, that's me. You're, you're also a host of, uh, what is that, Nate's uh, radio thing called? NR something? Uh, I'm not, no, I'm not involved with radio anymore. No? I will be good. next semester, but not right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, then. So let's just move straight into uh, what you guys have been playing this week, or last week since it's Sunday. Ian, who wants to go first? Yeah, okay. Um, it's probably better to say what I haven't been playing. Uh, i played a number of different games this week. Uh, let's see. finished off uh, Dead Space 2 earlier, and that was the first one that I uh, uh, finished off. Very good game. A um, lot of fun. Really considering going back to play it a second time. Definitely worth uh, picking up. Uh, if you have a PS3, I'd suggest, strongly suggest uh, try and get one of the first run on the PS3. It's the limited edition. It costs the same amount, but you also get a copy of Dead Space uh, Extraction with it for free, as we've talked on about that uh, in length and detail in the past. Um, <clears throat> in future copies, they won't be including it. When After that, uh, let's see... Played a bit more Plants vs. Zombies on the DS. Um, not re- I'm kind of burned out on that. Don't think I'll be returning to it anytime soon. I've played through it a couple of times now. and uh, It's a good game, but I burned myself out just too much too quickly. Finished off uh, Professor Layton and the, un- and the Unwound Future, also for the DS. Um, Welcome to voice. Welcome to voice. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. 
Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Uh, like I say, I finished off Professor Layton in the Unwound Future. Not really sure why I played that game through to the end. I don't really like the characters. The puzzles got boring and monotonous, but I played to the end. The story wasn't really worth it. Um, not really a game I'd suggest. I clocked in about 11 hours on it in total to finish it off. Uh, if you like the puzzle games and that, you don't mind the the really... Mm, I don't know, what the pedophilic overtones that are in the game... <laughs> Then fine, go for it. Uh, it's it's half decent for the puzzles uh, alone, but the story is really lacking. Did you have to turn a bunch of matchsticks uh, that formed a picture into a different picture? No, that was, uh, thankfully there were no mat matchstick puzzles. Ah, uh, not a single one. Uh, all right, I'm not getting this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can judge a uh, a puzzle game by its number of matchstick puzzles. Got to have one. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else I'm playing. Uh, Digger HD. That's the PSN, pl uh, play PSN Plus member that I am. Uh, I got that one for free through the PlayStation Network. Looks like it's a remake of a of the old original Digger uh, that was out in the arcades, I believe, and looks like probably ColecoVision or in that era. It it looks pretty nice, you know, with its HD remake, but it's uh, just a basic arcade game, nothing too fancy. Played the demo for Tales from Space about a blob. Uh, really cute game. A lot of fun. Basically, you're a blob that uh, goes around absorbing things to, great, to grow in size. Sort of like Katamari uh, in that sense. Um, you start off very small, moving around a lab. And as you get bigger and bigger, you can start absorbing people and cows and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, it's fun art style, really, intuitive, really uh, tight controls. I mean, it's only the demo, so I didn't really play a whole lot. Allowed me to play a couple levels, but it's a lot of fun all the same. Um, and finally, uh, speaking of the Wii, I've actually been playing uh, Lost in Shadow. Um, it's a game, obviously, for the Wii. I'm right near the end. I've clocked in about 10 hours on it as well. It is it's an interesting game. You play the uh, a shadow of a boy that is, at the start, uh, some guy in a big medieval mask looks like um oh what was that guy's name uh, like one of the judges from final fantasy tactics comes up hacks your shadow off this boy and throws it down uh, off of a giant tower and you spend the first half of the game coming back up to the tower to find out your body's not there and then off to a shadow of the tower that you were thrown off of to climb up that to well, it, to vaporize some sort of big evil shadow monster, which you get sucked into the other dimension with, and now that's where I'm at right now, just looking to finish it off. It's an interesting game. Um, I mean, it only came out on January, uh, so it's probably one of the first games of 2011 that I've played, other than Dead Space. Um, it's a, an interesting game in that it has some really neat uh, mechanics that you are actually you know, in the shadow shadows rather than platforming on everything and all the stuff that you platform is actually cast from the objects in the foreground that are reflecting onto the background and that, that can uh, pull in some interesting dynamics with the play on the light and that so it's an interesting game but not really worth the $40 that I paid to 
paid for it. I would suggest if you're interested in it uh, for something decent for the Wii. Lost in Shadow is one of those few rare titles that is worth a playthrough if you only have a Wii. Uh, graphics are a bit dated, and it looks like you're looking through some sort of old foggy camera lens uh, through the entire game with the amount of grain that's on, film grain that's on the, the screen. And uh, finally, uh, I was playing a, a fair bit of uh, MVC3. I uh, got my hands on a, a, pre or, a pre-build of that. Well, the final build, but a, uh, a pre-release copy of that. And uh, yeah, I'm not as big a fighter as uh, some of the others in the podcast. And I will, I'm going to t- I'm going to pass on it. Boo! I, f- I found that there are some characters that uh, are walkaway characters. Boo! They could have been left there, like Taskmaster uh, and. Dormammu, Dormammu. Um, they are interesting. They, but their combos and their moves leave a lot to be desired. Um, my Ooh. team played, you know, even though I played it extensively with all the characters unlocked except for the pre-order ones, Jill and Sumara Gora. Um, Deadpool is my only really go-to guy. Uh, kind of liked Iron Man and uh, Senko, I think her name is, but not really set on it. Couldn't really. F- Figure, figure down my, my team. It just didn't seem to jive well. Mm, for me, it's a pass, but for any fighting fan out there, go for it. I just but felt I just it was really lacking. Really lacking. Boo, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Pajo, you been playing anything? Uh, uh, if, if no one else is online, when I go online, then I get to play uh, my second run through of Mass Effect. Uh, or Mass, Mass Effect 2, sorry. Um... Which version? But, PS3 or 360? 360. Uh, if uh, if there are other people online, I get roped into playing uh, Black Ops, which you know I don't really want to play, but you know peer pressure—it's a hell of a thing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I'm just picking my second run through. I did start a new game plus, and uh, I, I only did that until I hit level 30 with that my primary character, and. Uh, I decided to just delete that save, uh, the new game plus save, not my original save, and then I'm going to start a brand new character that's going to be a uh, renegade rather than a paragon, and uh, so I'll have a renegade and a paragon to take into Mass Effect Three. Nice. What do you and think of uh, the PS3 version? I haven't actually played it or seen it played. Like I've seen some comparison videos that it's running on the newer engine or a more optimized engine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I did think it does look better, but, you know, Mass Effect 2 is still a really good-looking game. Um, uh, they improved a lot of stuff over the original. And, uh, I mean, me and Steven, we talked about this, like, in our, in, in our past podcast, that uh, it was, uh, like, it was my favorite game of last year. And I'm having a lot of fun going through it again. So, you guys have played it on the PS3, I'm assuming, or? Uh, no, I've uh, played through it on the, the 360. Okay. Um, Considering picking it up again for the PS3, uh, for those who don't know me as well yourself there, I tend to go through games very quickly. Uh, right. I, I finish them off and then I get rid of them uh, just as quickly. And so I'm, I'm constantly recycling my games and getting taking full advantage of any trade deals that I can find right. to get the more current games. Um, yeah, I went through as a infiltrator, the sniper. Oh, and uh, you have the invisibility power, right? Yeah, exactly, and I uh, went Paragon on it. And I'm, I want to go through a second time on the PS3, see how they did it, and how well it was done on their outside, rather. Uh, do a Renegade, maybe as a uh, Sentinel or um, uh, Vanguard. Well, I, I played as a Vanguard, and I can tell you it's a really fun class. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's a really risky class because you have to constantly bring yourself into close combat. Like especially with that power that he that you have that you you teleport across the room and you just like punch the guy in the face. Uh, it's awesome because it's really cool because you can send the guy flying and you're kind of in this slow mo for a couple of seconds and you just you shoot the shit out of everybody. But if you're playing on a really uh, on a higher difficulty, it can get really hard. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to try it because it's uh, totally opposite to my normal play style. I like to sit back in the shadows and try and pick them off from a distance. But if, uh, yeah, just for the challenge, I'd like to play through something entirely different. Yeah. That game was so well done. Oh, yeah. Were you able to save everyone on your playthrough? Uh, yeah, on my first uh, on my first playthrough I was. Actually, well, the first time I tried it, um, uh, Jack died. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just because I put her in the wrong role. I took her with me to like the very end because okay. I didn't complete her loyalty mission. Or no, uh, I did. I did, but uh, I couldn't resolve that situation between her and Miranda. Mm-hmm. So she was always like pissed at me. So I figured like I won't give her any special jobs. I'll just take her with me to the end to fight that big Terminator thing, and it'll be okay. But she died, and so what I did was I just reloaded the save, did the last half hour again. But I took Garrus with me, and it was all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was able to make it through with everyone uh, alive and intact on my first run. Didn't have to do any reload, which was quite. It's really stressful and tense when you're in that situation. I think. Yeah. Really well uh, done. But what yeah. else? Uh, like, I tried to get back into um, Fallout New Vegas. Mm-hmm. I I took a bit of an absence from the game uh, because of school and because of like you know Black Ops taking up so much of my time. Uh, and when I got back in, I just found myself completely lost, and I had no idea what I was supposed to do. And it kind of, it kind of annoyed me because I, I really love like like the Fallout universe, and I really love uh, Bethesda's game. I know this is an Obsidian game, so but but still, like it kind of annoyed me that I wasn't able to get back into it. So I think I'm just going to save it, and probably in the summer I'm going to start all over again and try a brand new game and try to do it correctly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So- I played through Fallout New Vegas as well. Um, I hated how much how buggy it was. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually completed it and got all like, reloaded and played all through all four endings and. Okay. Uh, burned myself out on it a lot. I mean, I'm I was probably about halfway through when I got burned out on it just because it was a lot more of Fallout like Fallout Three but with a cowboy theme and I'm not really too big on the cowboy western theme normal oh, okay. music and. That. And I like the the I like the what it's trying to do, but I think because it was so buggy, uh, that's what really turned me off on that game. It's funny because I didn't really encounter a lot of the bugs that people were talking about. I, I my my game did crash, I think maybe four or five times, but it was like you know the amount of progress I lost was maybe five to ten minutes each time. Yeah, um, but it was it was just more about like how kind of messed up the quest system was like you really didn't have a clear idea of where you were supposed to go or what you were supposed to do for anything really and uh, yeah. kind of annoyed me yeah I totally understand that I mean that sort of thing uh, is what killed uh, Grand Theft Auto for me it, right. like to swing it back to that it just became too open world and you know you're, you're running around with no idea no goals and it's it, you know some people get a lot of fun out of that I'd prefer to have a bit more direction with the storyline uh, yeah. and then mess around on the side at my leisure rather than the game saying okay here's time for you to mess around yeah I mean that's why like I'm I'm hoping that Bethesda keeps learning from their mistakes and from their games their past games and that's why I'm really looking forward to Elder Scrolls 5 I mean that'll be another probably 200 hours gone right into that game mm-hmm 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like speaking to the crashing in Fallout Vegas, I mean, I would my system would lock up and crash on me probably once every two to three hours of play. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was really, really bad, and it really, like, like so you can understand, throughout my gameplay time on it, I probably had, I'd say, upwards to 30 to 40 lockups on it. Um, easy. And that's so very obviously why, you know, I got tired of that, having to get up, turn off the system manually, go back, turn it back on, reload, and, you know, yeah. hope it doesn't crash again. But, Yeah. Well, that's uh, pretty much what I've been playing, other than some time that I've been devoting at work trying to jailbreak my new Apple TV. That's about it. Yeah. Nice. But I finally got it done today, which is nice. All right. Uh, JD just dropped, so I'll move on to me. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing, uh, well, I've just finished playing DC Online. Um, my 30 days was up. I luckily unsubscribed, or they were not able to automatically resubscribe me. So apparently that was all true. Uh, if you didn't actually cancel, you got resubscribed automatically. I don't have a credit card in my system, though, so they wouldn't have anything to charge it to. <laughs> oh, they didn't ask for a credit card when you signed up? Uh, the thing is, like, uh, what I did, uh, when I, you know, no, because they, they just give you a product key inside the case, and you just enter that into the uh, PlayStation Store, and it gives you your first month free. Right. So it's not like an MMO on your PC where you have to, have to give them a credit card or anything like that? Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, JD actually did get resubscribed. <laughs> For, uh, for DC Universe. <laughs> that was awesome. So the game is bad? Yeah, I uh, was sitting here. Huh? No, the game wasn't bad at all. Just, oh. I don't know. I wasn't ready. I wasn't playing it at all. And uh, I haven't been playing it since the very beginning. And uh, it just resubscribed me like automatically without me even knowing. And uh, I got the message on my BlackBerry that all of a sudden it, it added money for my credit card to the PSN account and it charged that uh, amount from the PSN account to renew it and it was it was two messages and it was just hilarious how it happened I was like oh god I guess I have to play it this month so yeah well, how do you, play how that, that this month how does that make you feel that you've now spent uh, 75 plus dollars for a game you've uh, logged five hours on JD are you still there I'm guessing he dropped again um, potentially oh okay well Maybe his silence is the, the the answer to the question. Yes. So, yeah. So, I've been playing DC, or I was playing DC. I got my character up to level 30 on the hero side and pretty much got bored. Um, unfortunately, the game is really, really buggy. Um, pretty much some of the instances, like the dungeons you'll go into, one of them, uh, you'll, you'll enter it and pretty much the thing just locks down. You can't actually do anything in dungeon. This door is supposed to open, but it never actually opens, so you can't actually do anything. That's one thing. Uh, the whole thing with the super speed on pretty much any travel mode, apparently, is actually happens is you actually go faster than the latency of the game allows, so you end up standing there in a big open field, getting hit by enemies you can't actually see, because the game is still trying to catch up with you. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the social system, actually trying to add people to group and stuff like that, that was just a mess. Uh, the menus themselves were just a mess too. Uh, overall, like the gameplay itself was pretty fun, just way overshadowed by a bunch of bugs. Really, uh, yeah, it's really really short. Too. You blast through the content pretty quickly because I didn't play that often. Even I made it to level thirty, which is their level cap right now within that thirty days. So I got you within probably about twenty days. Not even playing every single day, playing like an hour or two at a time every two three days. So you actually blast through pretty quickly. Right. 
Like, overall, though, it's a pretty fun game. Eventually, if they patch it and mix it, fix it up a lot more, um, it'd be pretty good. I'd probably give it, like, a 6.5 out of 10. If they fix it, probably go up to, like, an 8 out of 10. But, yeah, at this time, I wouldn't recommend really anyone picking it up. Uh, it's not that bad of a game, but it's still uh, pretty pretty rough around the edges. What? Do you, how long do you think it'll be until they start dropping the uh, subscription price? I mean, they already have, right now, the deal that uh, you save 33% on uh, the subscription if you sign up for three months. You get, you get, it's like $40 instead of this, like $60 yeah. or $30 or something like that. I think that's more or less, uh, they probably realize a lot of people hit 30 already and they've run out of content. <laughs> and that's probably why they're just trying to hold on to a lot more uh, players for now. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing if they do drop it, it's probably going to be pretty soon, though, within like six months, they'll probably drop the price if they do. Uh, personally... You know, if you if you don't play that often, it'll be fun. It's not really, you know, that great, though, at the moment, because of all the bugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else I've also been playing. I, too, have played Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and Ian is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, is Ian's that, just... Is that game out? Uh, no, it comes out on uh, Tuesday, actually. Okay, so how, how does everybody have this game? Like... Uh, we're not at liberty to discuss that okay, well, on on, right. on the podcast. But, you know, well, <laughs> <laughs> putting aside any potential like uh, like I don't know piracy issue, is it out in the U.S.? Uh, no, some no. some some places are selling it early though when they're not supposed to. That's all. That's all we can really yeah. say. Yeah, the, the the copy that we played is a legitimate copy. It's not uh, pirated or illegal in that fashion in any fa- in any form like that. It is a legitimate copy that you would buy in the store. Yeah, some places just manage to sell stuff early and eventually they may get caught and fined, but we'll see. I'm not getting fined or caught, so... Uh, yeah, so I love it. Uh, really just need... Well, the thing is, the the game itself just has a really steep learning curve. That's probably the, the issue that Ian's having with it. Um, personally, I love the game. I think it's great. Uh, I think... I think the biggest problem that I was having more so was I couldn't find a combination of characters that worked well together for my particular style of like uh, choice of play. And that was really what frustrated me a lot with and that. Really, that's, that's a whole part of the whole learning curve, too. Um, picking uh, teammates that actually mesh together properly. Um, if you don't pick your characters right and you don't pick their assists right and stuff like that, you can just end up with a big clusterfuck of characters that don't actually work properly together. Uh, I don't really don't know exactly what characters mesh together especially well at this time, but I was playing mostly Sentinel and X-23 and pretty much just a random character in the third slot. Uh, pretty much Sentinel still sick as shit versus in Marvel vs. Capcom 2. He's nerfed and he's still crazy. The only thing I don't really uh, like about the game is X-Factor. Pretty much, It's pretty much the win button, especially if you're Sentinel. Because you can do like a five-hit combo and kill anyone almost, which uh, Ian and G, uh, Ian pretty much uh, found out there. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It very, he, the X Factor very cheap. Yeah. And, well, I don't know yeah. what cheap. It's well, not uh, cheap, but overpowered. I think it it, change, it changes the whole dynamics of the game once you uh, activate your X Factor early. Yeah, it turns the game from being um, once if you are the one that activated the X Factor, turning into either being very defensive, so you can let your health recharge while you have it running, or you're very aggressive in the sense that you are able to hit people for you know almost a quarter of their life bar with a medium attack. Yeah, well, that's just mostly for Sentinel though, because yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sentinel's Sentinel's crazy. 
I think actually Justin Wong said that he's actually not going to be playing uh, Marvel's Capcom 3 because Sentinel and X-Factor is pretty much the win button. But anyways, uh, yeah, I like it. I do need to play, spend some more time on it, though. Actually uh, figure out some of the... The more some of the characters, the assists and stuff like that. At this point, I'd give it like an eight out of ten. Uh, once I actually get some time into it, I'll probably end up bumping that up to like a ten out of ten, just like Street Fighter. Huh. Uh, other than that, uh, I don't think that's pretty much all I've been playing. Uh, JD, what you be playing? I haven't been playing fuck all. <laughs> uh, that's been two weeks in a row, pretty much haven't playing anything. Uh, but I have three days off next week. Uh, usually I'm supposed to get the two days. Last week I only got one day off. This week was pretty much nothing. And so finally I've actually booked off time Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So I will be playing some games finally. But yeah. All right. All right. You guys see any movies or anything you want to talk about? Uh, when saw uh, The Mechanic last night. Uh, I, I saw, saw that. Yeah, I saw that uh, last Saturday, I think it was. What do you I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it was Pretty much a Jason Statham movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, also, the uh, last Saturday, got to go to a pre-release of uh, Nomeo and Juliet. Um, good movie. A lot of fun. Um, they take the Romeo and Juliet story, they change it into garden gnomes, and uh, a lot mm. of Elton John mu- music. Um, very funny. Um, good for adults, good for kids. Um, not your normal... Uh, Shakespearean uh, romance uh, play or movie in this case, but a lot of fun and uh, good. And Jason uh, Statham's in that one as well. Really? What's, yeah. who, who's he playing that one? Uh, is he, did he, did, does he take off his shirt at any point? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a lot of garden uh, gnome. <laughs> there's a lot of good uh, British uh, actors in that movie. Yeah, Ozzy <laughs> Osbourne's in it as well. Believe it or not, uh, yeah. One saw Dean Hornin on Saturday. Yeah, how was that? Uh, I, I described it as retarded fun. <laughs> but, so is that good or bad? Uh, it's hard to say. It it depends on the mindset you're in. If you if you want it to be good, you will probably leave disappointed. But I was expecting it to be bad, and I was kind of pleasure. Uh, you know, it was surprising. Hmm. Okay. So basically, just go in with an open mind and. I, I wouldn't don't say expect open, anything out of it. I wouldn't say an open mind. Just go in with no mind, no at, mind all. at all. Yeah, so I figured. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So kind of like a Jason Statham movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much actually. You know, I, I had a comment about the mechanic. It, it's funny because that movie was almost as close as we could get to a real Hitman movie because the real Hitman movie was really bad. But, yeah. But yeah. that was actually kind of like a Hitman movie because he's all about staging the, the, his assassinations as accidents and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, that's what you mean. Yeah, I could, uh, definitely. I think uh, Jason Statham would play a good, uh, was eight number 47 or something like that? Agent 47, yeah. Eight, okay, I wasn't sure if it was Agent or not. I think that if they ever reboot the Hitman, ser- Hitman <laughs> movie, Jason Statham would probably fit well into that role. Yes, reboot that video game series. Yes, yes. Those games are actually pretty fun. I love those games. Oh, I, I spent like three oh, yeah. hours on a single level just trying, you know, I made one kill. I was just trying to infiltrate the area, and then I died. And I had oh, to start, yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of oh, in gone. like in like um, uh, in Blood Money, where if you play on the hardest difficulty, you aren't allowed to save inside the level. Like <laughs> if you die, you just have to start it over. You aren't allowed any in-level saves. So, oh wow, awesome! Yeah, yes. 
All right. So moving on, let's just jump into uh, a little bit of video game news. Um, got one I, here from actually. Sorry, I'm gonna have to call it a night here because uh, my time is almost up for closing the store. So I'm gonna have to close up pretty quick. All right, no problem. But uh, I'm sorry I couldn't stay for longer. But this was fun. Uh, I'd like to do it in the future. Yeah, oh, uh, good to have you on. Anytime you want to so, come on, just uh, hop on. Let us know. We'll add you in. Cool. Have a good podcast, Great guys. Fun. Yep. Take, Take care. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. All right. So, video game news. Uh, this first one here I've got from Joystick.com. It's called. Uh, it's titled. HTC investing $40 million on OnLive for smartphone gaming. Yes, OnLive works on cell phones too, the company enterprising CEO Steve Perlman assured us all 15 months ago. Apparently, HTC is building a OnLive phone or application or something like that so you can play video games on your cell phone. <laughs> I actually don't know if OnLive is actually available here in Canada or not, but uh, I'd want to play video games on my phone. <laughs> now, uh, and, and I don't think it would be quality games that you'd be able to play either. Well, it, it really depends on your... Like, the way the online system works is streaming a video to you, right? So it just really depends on your data connectivity. If you have a, you have a pretty uh, fast connection, you're going to be able to actually do the uh, streaming pretty well. Yeah, I suppose, eh? Yeah. I never thought of it that way. I mean, But again, it'll be more PC games, because I don't see Sony... Yeah, it's, uh, it's essentially playing. all PC games, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, because I don't... I, you know, for me, I don't really care. I mean, I, I have my DS and my PSP for my portable gaming needs, um, and a, a phone just wouldn't be able to satisfy that. I mean, especially with uh, computer games, because, you know, you look at WoW, for example, you need a mouse and a whole bunch of uh, hotkeys to efficiently play it. You're not going to be able to get that unless you fill up your entire, like, all the whole, put a frame around your phone with a bunch of hot, separate hotkeys, <laughs> your finger coasting around the screen, sucking well, yeah. the other 30% of your view, and so you got about a 15% little window that you're able to see what the action is going on. Well, I'm assuming that they're actually making a piece of hardware here, um, so it'd probably have like a keyboard, slide-out keyboard or something like that on it, so it's not going to be taking up screen real estate itself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not interested, I'll pass. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it'd be pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. I, 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 don't get me wrong. I think the technology is neat. I think yeah. the idea is neat, but I don't think it'll catch on. Yeah. Well, the amount of uh, well, like the way the online system works right now, it's uh, subscription based. I think so. That's really the main thing that's holding it back. And within Canada here, I don't think our data connectivity is actually fast enough to support something like this. But eventually, I think uh, I think it was either Telus or Rogers are looking at rolling out their four G network pretty soon. So you never know, you actually might be able to do this within the next like four or five years that you have a decent gaming experience on your cell phone. Yeah, All right. very true. Yeah. Next uh, news story I have here is from gamesradar.com. It's entitled, Games have caused an increase in rape, says actual real psycho- psychiatrist. <laughs> you can also attribute that straight to Fox News. Yeah, yeah. Well, for years, Beverly Hills psychiatrist Dr. Carol Lieberman has presumed to be a fictional character, but today she was identified as a real woman who actually works in Beverly Hills. Just before being identified as a real person, Lieberman allegedly contributed her thoughts to a Fox News piece titled, Bulletstorm is the Worst Video Game in the World. In the article, which is amazingly also real, the actual 
board certified psychiatrist is quoted in saying the increase in rapes can be attributed in large part to playing out of sexual scenes in video games. Fox News did not cite any evidence to back up Lieberman's quote. Quoted claim that rape has increased or that video games have caused the alleged increase. There's no indication as to why the quote is even in the article. Apparently, Dr. Lieberman also write, written, has written two books, Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, Why How to Live With Them, and Why to Leave Them, and Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them, How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. These books are real and can actually be purchased and were actually written by a person named Dr. Lieberman. According to Dr. Lieberman's real, very pink website, she's the doctor who helps you stay sane in an insane world and she has won three real Emmys also she's not an actor playing a character has allegedly appeared on CNN today she'll be seeing other outlets so ever rape anyone <laughs> no no um, I actually uh, through one of the other podcasts I listened to they did a bit of research on this and apparently uh, her whole belief is that the sexual acts in video games uh you know, translate into the player wanting to go out in the real world and do this. And she basically cited that an increase in uh, rape, in uh, violent rape in in the U.S. can is directly attributed to the increase of violent sexual acts in video games. Now, the interesting thing about that uh, they said on the podcast that I was listening to uh, that they did this re- research on is that the instances of rape and violent rape in the U.S. have actually been decreasing over the years, <laughs> not as this psychiatrist, so-called psychiatrist says, increasing. Yeah, I I don't know what games they're playing. I never raped a person in a game. Uh, yeah. Nor have I felt the need to rape anyone. Uh, yeah. Where these games are from, I don't know. I want to play them, though. <laughs> Somehow I'm not too surprised. <laughs> Alright, moving on. This one is from Joystick.com. Yoshida, NGP, and PSP will coexist. Sony Computer Entertainment Worldwide Studio President Shuhei Yoshida recently reaffirmed his belief in an old aid adage. Make new friends, but don't discontinue the old. Speaking to Edge, Yoshida explained that the company plans to allow the PSP and its fresh fresh successor, the NGP, to coexist on store shelves. He added that the NGP can't replace a platform that has already been on sale for several years now. <clears throat> Yoshida said that cost plays a part in Sony's strategy, explaining in terms of pricing we can't sell the NGP for the same price as the PSP. He added, I think the NGP needs time to mature and get adopted by users, so for the time being, both platforms will coexist. Think this will actually work? I'm pretty sure that uh, Nintendo said the DS and the GBA would actually coexist. Yeah, they, they did. I don't. I I think that it will uh, exist coexist for a short time. Um, I don't see it exist, existing for too far after that. Maybe for a year. Um, I think the the Sony Xperia Play uh, their phone will kind of take over the role of a PSP. And the NGP will roll over the PSP, and um, yeah, the PSP will be a thing of the past within a year's time. Of yeah, the, I would, of the NGP. I would say so too. Uh, they say it. I think they just don't want people to stop buying the PSP right away. Uh, they're pretty much just saying it so people will still keep buying it, even though no one really wants to buy it. But that's besides the point. Well, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, if you look at uh, Sony's history uh, with the PS2. 
I mean, they're still making games for the PS2 today, even though the system ha- you know, has been eclipsed by the PS3, the 360, and in some cases, the Wii and the PSP. Um, over five years ago now, they, the PS3 came out, and I think six for the Xbox. So it's kind of surprising that there still is a demand for the PS2 games, and people are still buying them. Well, like the whole thing with the PS2, it's got such a huge catalog. PSP doesn't really have that behind it. And at the same time, also, most of the PS2 games that were coming out were pretty niche titles or uh, pretty much ports of, like, Madden and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I mean, you still find a few of them. Like, um, a lot of uh, movie tie-in games are continually being pulled up as well. Yeah. is another example. Pretty much a lot of shovelware, a lot of stuff they could make a quick buck on. Um, yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm just... For the sake of argument, it's still quite surprising to see that there is that uh, market out there for the PS2 games. I mean, obviously, the people are still buying them. Yeah. Which is surprising to me. I mean, that, that's, I, that I think is the most interesting thing about, about that, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Moving on... This one is pretty much, uh, yeah, from Joystick as well. Let's see here. It is titled Xperia Play Battery Life Supports Gaming for 5 Plus Hours. Uh, So a little more Xperia Play cell phone uh, specs have been released. Uh, Apparently talk time, 8.5 hours. Gameplay time, 3.5 hours is what they're saying. Um, So it's actually decent. Which is actually kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean that's actually that's fairly that's quite decent indeed for that. Um, yeah, very decent indeed. I agree. Yeah, uh, kind of surprising, really. Yeah, I didn't think it'd last that long. Um, it's a pretty big battery on it. Then, uh, other than that, that's pretty much I think all the actual other specs that were released on it. Uh, that's pretty much new, at least. Uh, pretty much some time stuff. And I think actually uh, for the... It hasn't actually been announced here for any characters in or carriers on Canada. The Verizon, I believe, is actually going to be getting uh, an exclusive on that one, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the uh, US. Alright. And that, I think, will do it for our news for the week. Alright. So, moving on. Before we head on, I mean, there is the, the one big one that I'm kind of surprised you, you rolled over, uh, Activision. Activision stocks dropped 8%. Yeah, I mean, Activision has, uh, can't put the, the, the Guitar Heroes series in the hole. Uh, they're no longer producing on that. They've, they shut down about seven studios. DJ Hero, um, sorry, DJ, yeah, DJ Hero, uh, DLC is uh, coming to a halt as, the, as of the end of February. Same with Guitar Hero. The Guitar Hero franchise is pretty much dead in the water. They're not going to be doing anything with that. They have also um, said that there's going to be no new uh, Tony Hawk skate games uh, or, or the like this year. Um, and they have opened up another studio. I don't remember what it, which one it's called um, off the top of my head. To work specifically on... Uh, Call of Duty uh, DLC electronic content, and they've also said that another like, another Call of Duty is coming out this year. This- yeah, I heard about that. Um, the whole thing with uh, EA or Activision, or whatever, oh. or EA, yeah, EA. Uh, their stock apparently dropped a bit. Um, 
I think the only real problem is that they have set their hand in so many uh, cookie jars right now. It's kind of tough to actually maintain all of them. So they're just trying yeah. to uh, pretty much just I, trying to. What's that? I I almost would disagree with you there on in the relation to Activision. I mean, they've got their Call of Duty series. They have the Guitar Hero. They have uh, World of Warcraft. And. What I mean, I can't really think of any new IPs that have come. Like the last new IP that came out of them that I can think of is uh, uh, Prototype that came back out in two thousand and nine, I believe it was. Uh, I don't know what that. Well, let's see here. Uh, pretty much. Well, the thing is, they're they're going up against better games. Pretty much for the for all the games that they're uh, they've cut, right? So, like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, what's the point of I really keeping them? I think that it's wise that they did that, but I mean, at the same time, they should have did it a long time ago. They've kind of they ground Guitar Hero into the dirt. They totally screwed up the the whole process on uh, on DJ Hero, in my opinion. I mean, they should have just had the first one. The second one, I don't know if they. I don't think they really did much in the way of adding to it in the second one, other than just adding new songs. I mean, they could have just what they should have done with both Guitar Hero, I think, and. DJ Heroes is like when Guitar Hero 4, I think, was probably the last new iteration of the game that people actually liked. Just start releasing like Rock Band did track pack after track pack after track pack songs, DLC, and support it that way. I think they could instead they, they continually released game after game after game after game and ground it into the ground. And I could seriously see the same happening with uh, the Call of Duty series. Well, even uh, even Rock Band, I know that music games in general for the last fiscal year were actually down. Um, they're just probably seeing that they really can't compete with Rock Band, considering that Rock Band, the developer of that, is, was the guys that originally made Guitar Hero, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I just think they're just going to take a step back. It's like, yeah, you guys pretty well beat us. We're not going to uh, try to win anymore. Yeah, I think that's the smart way to go. Uh, let's see here. They also apparently cut True, True Crime, that franchise, which no uh, one yes. really was surprised about. I think. No, I don't think anyone was surprised that it happened. Um, I, th- you know, the, from what I've heard, it was like really broken going in earlier. Yeah. I and mean, I was a bit disappointed to hear that it, it was canceled. It was sounding like it was going to be a decent um, take on the series. I remember I played a little bit of uh, True Crime, Los L.A., Los Angeles, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And one of the neat little things was that you could go up to anyone in the street and uh, pat them down and basically arrest them. Like you could go up to someone and, you know, immediately just do a, 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 a search and seizure right there in the middle of the street. And, you know, you'd find people carrying drugs all over the place or illegal weapons and the like. And it was great fun when you could do that to an old granny. Well, like, what's even the point of doing that, though, right? Like I don't, I don't really see what the point of adding that to the game is. What does that actually add to the game, right? Well, it was, it, it was more of, a, I guess, in the vein of GTA. I mean, this was before GTA Four came. Yeah, out. I know uh, it was. It was supposed to be trying to. Uh, it was pretty well trying to follow in the footsteps of GTA, and make a whole new game out of it, right? Yeah, you could be good cop or bad cop, but I think it was a lot of fun where you could just, you know, you could run up to someone and decide, you know, to do an arrest, arrest them right there on the spot, make them do, pat them down, and you know, you know, find drugs on them or shoot them, you know, lock, throw them in handcuffs and leave them on the ground. It was, you know, it was one of those types of things where you feel, you know, um, a badass for it. Yeah. All right. So, 
think that will do it for the news. Uh, new releases for the week of February 14th. Uh, let's see. Dragon Quest VI Realms of Revelation for Nintendo DS. Uh, Tactics Ogre Let's Cling Together for the Sony PSP. Marvel's Capcom 3 Fated 2 World for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Michael Jackson, The Experience, which is move compatible for the PlayStation 3. Oh, that's coming out this week? Yep, apparently. Oh, my, my trophy wife will probably be interested in that. She's a big fan of MJ. Yep, uh, February 15th. Hmm. Um, some French game. Enigmas et Objects Cache. Les Adventures de Robinson Crusoe. For the Windows 7, Windows Vista, and Windows XP. I'm guessing it has something with Robinson Crusoe. It sounds like the mysterious adventures of Robinson Crusoe. Uh, two other French games. Les Chevaliers de Baphomet, La Trilogy. <laughs> My apology to anyone who can speak French. <laughs> uh, okay, that's the uh, Broken Sword Trilogy, according to the uh, box that I posted. <laughs> and good, one good more. Tra- good call. One more Good enigmas call. et objects cash Spartacus le chemin de la liberty. I'm guessing it's some sort of uh, looking from the box art. It's got a picture of uh, some guy that looks a little bit like uh, Gerard Butler holding a sword, and there's a picture of a magnifying glass on a helmet. So I think it's one of those find spy thing hidden games. object games. Yeah, and Dead Space Two French version for Windows Seven. That's also coming out on February 17th. So this week is the week of French games and Marvel. Marvel, baby. I don't know. Yeah, you could also, you know, are you interested in uh, the Ogre Battle game? Well, have you played no, them at all? No, not particularly. Mm. I'm actually picking yeah. that up myself. Because um, I'm, fa- I'm a fan of the old Ogre Battle games. And uh, the, actually the pre-order bonus, it's a, a deck of uh, 22 tarot cards in the art style of the game. That's what... Uh, Linked, uh, you know, cinched it for me on that one. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't really have the patience to play these kind of games anymore. Uh, the mm. closest I've ever really got to is like uh, Civilization Five. I think was the last slow game I played. I actually, really love that game, but you know, at the same time, I don't have the patience to sit through them anymore. Totally understand. I know what you mean. I mean, I have the time to be able to sit around and uh, uh, log into those games when I'm not. Uh, when I have the have the free time and I don't have a console which I can sit on, so I can understand where you're coming from in that regard. Because um, those games, I, I remember the first one back on the Super Nintendo. It was you had to be you had to have two to three hours minimum to commit yeah, to the per, game per board, right? Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Exactly, and it had uh, like eight or ten different endings, and it took you at least fifty to sixty hours to play through it. And it wasn't just one little thing that changed the ending; so you could reload it. Uh, it was there was a number of different things that happened throughout the games. So I had hour ten, hour twenty-five, hour thirty uh, that changed. That were the decisions that uh, affected how the the outcome of the game came. And uh, so, I mean, it was really interesting. It was really fun, good game. But and I'm looking forward to the PSP version. Alright, so tonight's topic is comic books and comic book media. Do you guys like comic books? Yes. <sighs> yes. Hmm. <sighs> In uh, what uh, format are we talking about? The book format. <laughs> Jeez. 
Jeez, you would have had to choose that one, didn't you? Yeah, the book format, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that's... Books. Oh, I, oh. Have there been any good ones? I mean... Yeah, of course there have been. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, the only kind of comic books that are worth reading these days are the ones that are in the movies. Because then you know they've made it. I don't know about that, actually. <laughs> uh, well, at least well, they've made it enough to sell out. Well, wasn't wasn't a big fan of uh, The Losers. No. No. I thought it was an awesome movie. I thought it was a terrible movie. Uh, and not so good book. Didn't read the book. Yeah. Um, what comic books do you guys like? What's your favorite? Uh, Ian, well, go. I recently... Uh, well, my favorite as of late is uh, the Marvel Zombies series. Uh, they've, I have collected all of the, the um, one iterations that they've come out with so far. Uh, and that would be Marvel Zombies, Marvel Zombies Return, Marvel Zombies 2, 3, 4, 5, Marvel Zombies vs. Army of Darkness, and Marvel Zombies um, Dead Days. Oh, a really good series, um, a lot of fun. It really, it's really well written and uh, it's, you know, a lo- just really interesting. Um, other than that, I've also been reading um, a collection of art or comics, I guess it would be uh, known as Apple. That's a acronym for a p- place for people who love entertainment. I think it is. Uh, it's basically a whole bunch of short stories from a bunch of Korean and um, artists and uh, comic book writers and the like. And they have four volumes out, which I've read. I think they're on to number five. I'm not really sure. But uh, that that and Deadpool. I've been uh, reading a lot of the old Deadpool collections and uh, really enjoy that as well as uh, Deadpool Corpse. Um, a lot of fun. I think the... the Hello? <laughs> I've apparently lost everyone. Yeah. This is the um, Stephen Lamb show, I guess. I'm still here. Oh, there uh, you the go. cats just pulled my mic out of the computer. Okay. They ran by the cord and yanked it out. So as I was saying, like with the uh, Deadpool, um, I think that they really kind of screwed the character up in his earlier iterations. But uh, as the series went on and they, you know, he found more of his stride as to the character... They became a lot better, and it is getting better. I think a lot of fun. Uh, personally, I hate Deadpool. I think he's a stupid character. He's pretty much uh, the uh, what's that guy? The Dane Cook of comic book characters. Um, pretty much, yeah. Let's just be crazy insane, and people think I'm cool type thing. Yeah, I don't really see any much depth or anything with him. But yeah, um, <clears throat> apparently JD is uh, having some connectivity issues, so this might just be the Stephen and Ian show for tonight. Fabulous. Yeah. That's, uh... Alright. Alright, well, what have you been, uh, uh, in relation to comics there, going with? Um, my favorite at the moment would be... It's a tie between one or two. It's either Fables by, uh, Buckingham and Willingham, or, uh, it would be Invincible, and that one is by, uh, was it, Robert Kirkman. Mm-hmm. So the Vertigo comics, actually, you know, uh, Invincible is actually an image comics, actually. 
uh, pretty much the story behind Invincible is it's a teenage kid and his father is a superhero and eventually he gets his superpowers while he's a teenager and then it goes through a bunch of things like you know how he deals with his regular life and stuff like that it's a pretty fun book um, I find it kind of interesting they always say it's like a family book whenever there's about to be uh, so a little bit of a sex going on then the next two panels over you'll see a guy punching another guy's head off literally or putting his fist through a guy's torso nice yeah, it's actually pretty well well uh, written. Um, I think it's more aimed towards a uh, young adult around like the 18, 19 year age range, uh, which is just fine for me. I don't really care, but, you know. Um, overall, I think it's a pretty good book. Uh, it's gone to about 75 issues at the moment, I believe. Uh, I think about a dozen uh, graphic novels, the paperbacks themselves. Um Nice little read. I like it. It's great fun. And the other one is Fables. That one is actually written by Bill Willingham, I believe. Is that the, like the retelling of like classic uh, fairy tales and such? Uh, not really. Uh, Fables is pretty much um, all these fairy tales and stuff that we hear while we're kids and stuff like that. They're actually alternate dimensions where these characters really exist. Uh, what happened is... One day, uh, the adversary, which is essentially just a, which is essentially, they have no idea where it came from. Some like goblins and stuff are showing up and taking over worlds. Uh, eventually, they all settle here in our world and make uh, make a community in New York City and pretty much they live among us. So we have like uh, Cinderella and stuff like that. Cinderella, Big Bad Wolf, um, Snow White, they're all living among us here in the real world pretty much fighting off uh, an army uh, trying to win back their homelands. Hmm. Uh, it's actually really well written. Um, you see it in the comic book stores. It's the book with the really nice covers usually. Uh, it's kind of like a painted desk. Um, yeah. That's a really good one. I think they're up to about at least a dozen books now. Um, about a hundred issues, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's pretty decent. I mean, I I, I have to admit I, I don't really collect comics all that much anymore. I used to uh, a number of years back, uh, but I found that with the the price of comics go- constantly seeming to go up on the rise, and the the more it's seeming to be more and more common that <clears throat> pardon me that the developers or the producers rather of the comics like Marvel and that are willing to put them into a graphic novel, I'm more content just to wait it out because I don't get a chance to go to the comic book store very often. And when I do, I'm looking for, you know, if I'm looking for the latest copy, like, for example, uh, probably the best example of this is the Deadpool Corpse. I I was able to get uh, issues one through four out of, uh, or no, one through three out of five of prelude to the Deadpool Corpse. And then... uh, was able to f- find those, and when I went to actually get the next one, they were on to actually like number two or three of actual Deadpool corpse. And when I went to find the back issues, like no, we we didn't get them in. We haven't gotten them in for three weeks. Um, we won't be getting them in anytime soon. It was like, well, that just sucks because I'm able to get down to the the local comic book store here probably once every two, maybe three months if I'm lucky. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I'm more more likely to just buy the graphic novels, the collections of ep- like issues 1 through 10, or 1 through 6 even, and so on and so forth, 
because I, I for one, if I like the comic, I'm going to buy the, the graphic novel. I mean, that's what I did with the Marvel Zombies series. I, I found it, I got turned on to it by uh, Marvel Zombies 1 from my, for a Christmas gift, and then I found Marvel Zombies 2, and I bought all those in the, the normal paperback version. Then as soon as it came out in the hardcover collection, I bought that, and same with numbers 2, 3, 4, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Like myself, I don't really usually buy the, the single issues or anything either. I usually just buy the graphic novels unless it's going to be like a one-shot or just a couple of issues, like four or five, six issues. Um, buying the actual comic books themselves, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a pain having to wait like a month or two for the next issue. Um, myself, I don't usually get down to the uh, comic book store that often either. It's usually once a month, something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, you know, we're probably not the best authorities to speak on this sort of thing. I know Errol, uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to be here. He lives really close to uh, Happy Harbor Comics downtown, like, literally, like, a block away from it. And he's always going on about, um, usually Punisher or Thor or some other comic that he's picked up, and he's saying it's just the greatest shit uh, going on and on about it, so. Yeah, um, really, I don't go too far into comics these days I do they're usually for me it's not like the X-Men or Batman and stuff like that it's usually the the side offs that you'll find in like vertical publishing or image comics and stuff like that uh, you know it's great it's pretty good fun though to sit down have a read yeah yeah I definitely like I'm I do go with a lot of the more mainstream like I have read uh, recent in the past year like uh, Final Crisis and um, oh, what was the other one uh, Final Crisis and the Civil War, uh, uh, Civil War and Marvel, and there's one other one, uh, just looking at my bookcase here, and it's not coming to me, so I'm going to have to say I can't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, like for me, like, the... The most recent thing I've read is uh, Flash Rebirth, and that happened just after Final Crisis. But uh, I don't really follow too much on like mainstream Marvel and mainstream DC. Yeah. Well, the other thing that stops me from uh, collecting a lot of those, like the mainstream ones, is that they're up to issue like three, four hundred or such. Like, well, that. yeah. Usually, you have to follow a couple different books because they all separate in different storylines and uh, stuff like that, right? Or you're so far behind that you'd have to pick up like forty trade cover, uh, trade paperback to actually catch up at all. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, that that can be seen with like you know a good example is the Civil War series. I mean, sure, it was a. Uh, like a, uh, something that encompassed the entire Marvel universe, but trying to find you know the one single storyline throughout the whole thing uh, through just the trade, like the trade paperbacks, I guess they could call them, or the soft covers, would be incredibly expensive. Not to let, not to say, let alone uh, time consuming. I mean, I'm really interested in the the uh, on the DC side, like the Blackest Night. Uh, storyline, but every time that I've gone to look at it, I see there's like, you know, five different iterations of... Yeah, uh, five different Black Blackest Night, and there's Brightest Day, and then there's uh, Black Lantern Corpse, and you're like, well, which one of these do I actually need? Which ones do I, can I skip? If I, do I need them all? If I buy this one, am I going to miss something in that one? So yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, and that was, I found really annoying for that, because I, I've, I've heard that it's supposed to be really good, because apparently it goes to from blackest day to brightest or blackest night to brightest day or something like that 
and it, it, I've heard some good things about this the the story arc, and I would I'd be interested in reading it, but I don't want I don't care about you know individual stories. I want the overall overarching picture, which yeah. you know, can lose some in translation, but. I'd yeah, yeah, I totally understand because you know you need to go through so much. It's really in depth of those things. You can lose a lot if you don't c- follow it completely through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, shifting gears here, what do you think of uh, all the movies or the, that are based on comic books, or or vice versa? I have yet to find a really, really good comic book movie, except for pretty much Batman: The Whole New Reboot and Batman: The Dark Knight and Batman Begins. Uh, X-Men, that was terrible. Uh, they just recently released their trailer for a First Class, which actually looks like it might be decent. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to wait and see on that, because the trailers for all the other X-Men movies are halfway decent. Yeah. Uh, Green Lantern is just terrible. I don't even want to see that, but I, fortunately I probably will see it. They made it campy. I don't know why. It yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen anything for Green Lantern yet. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is Green Lantern. It just seems like they made it kind of campy, too. I don't believe that Green Lantern should be set up as a campy uh, character, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with Green Lantern, my, my biggest complaint with Green, Green Lantern was that his weakness was yellow. Yeah. The color yellow. That, that seemed, you know, the most ridiculous and idiotic weakness uh, that they could possibly come up with. Uh, because, you know, yellow is a derivative of green, or vice versa. Well, like, luckily, that was just the original, like, the original Green Lantern. Now, the more modern Green Lantern, it's uh, yellow power, right? It's not the yellow lantern. It's not actually the color yellow. It's not like you get a yellow flash and shine on a guy and he dies, right? It's uh, from <laughs> the big yellow. hilarious. Yeah. Turn the flashlight off! Apparently, wood was also one of his, uh, one of his weaknesses. So, he pretty much just paint a baseball bat yellow and you can beat the shit out of Green Lantern which made no sense whatsoever <laughs> Green Lantern versus the Louisville Slugger yeah pretty much uh, yeah the more modern Green Lantern it's fortunately not really uh, that though so yeah um, well, the, well, just on the topic of DC characters um, what, you know just sidetracking it for a second one thing that I really hate about the DC universe is how how little variation it seems at, t- at times there are with characters. I mean, there's the whole family of the Flash. Uh, there's like like six different Flashes. There's six or seven different um, super people, uh, like Superboy, Supergirl, Super Dog, Superman. Um, then you have uh, the Marvels, you know, Miss Marvel, Miss uh, Captain Marvel. Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel, they pretty much have nothing in common, though. Well, I well, Miss Marvel. Well, I guess yeah. Uh, Miss Marvel is on the Marvel side rather than the DC. Yeah, but uh, or not, maybe I'm thinking the wrong. Like Shazam, you know. Yeah, Shazam. Yeah, no, you talk. Yeah, about. like because like there's a whole you know the number of people that are connected there, and it just really seems like the the DC universe. They almost thought you know, well, hey, you know, we need a new a new character. Oh, I know. How about we just create another spy, uh, Superman? And go with that instead of creating an entirely new character. I mean, well, the thing with that though, if you look at Marvel, Marvel has the issue where you get like six million issues of the same character, and it's hard to follow. With DC, mm-hmm. they make they make the new versions of Green Lantern and stuff like that because the old one dies or something like that, or the version of Flash. I believe there's actually three different Flashes right now. 
Um, one of them dies during Final Crisis, but comes back in Flash Reborn. But they all essentially they are based out of different places, and they have different enemies and uh, slightly, very, very slightly different powers in terms of their potency, really. Um, and it makes it a little easier to follow certain characters, though, because you're not following through 900 issues, back issues, or something like that. Mm, yeah, I, c- I can understand that. But, I mean, just coming from uh, my point of view, where you know, I've never I was a, a Marvel follower rather than uh, DC back in the day and you, you pick up a copy and like of well Final Crisis is probably a good uh, a good example of that because I read down Countdown to Final Crisis prior to that and it really like pulls in like and shows that hey we got you know Flash gra- Grandpa Flash Daddy Flash Jun- Flash Junior and yeah, you know, Kid Flash, Flash yeah. yeah Flash in the pan and as well as with uh, Shazam and Black Adam, I th- Black Adam, I think his name is Black Adam. I could be wrong, you know. I'm probably getting, um, but that really it not knowing that there's this whole um, difference in the powers or anything like that. It really seems like that you know DC was grasping at straws. Uh, you yeah, a little bit like you know, that. Fr- yeah. Like from from an outsider perspective, like if I never I, and again, I have to say, I never really followed it. But just seeing that, you know, you have like 10 different versions of Flash, it really kind of s- seemed like, you know, they couldn't come up with something new. Well, yeah, sort of like that. But the thing with like all the suit, like for example, like all the Superman, Super Kid and all that kind of stuff like that. Those, most of those, they all came out of uh, the death of Superman. And then there's Supergirl, which came out of uh, a whole different thing, really. Um, it's actually just his cousin, and there's some other stuff going on there too. I've naturally followed it. I pretty much just read the uh, the origins from Superman Batman crossover, mm-hmm. but I understand where you're coming from. There's a lot of characters that are similar. More often than not, though, it's because people are getting a little bored of the old character, and it's pretty much just a way of rebooting the character. Instead, yeah, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that in rebooting it. But again, I, when you combine them all into one universe and they're all playing a different, uh, same role, it just seems like carbon copies. Yeah, with different yeah. With different, uh, re- with different secret identities. Yeah, I guess so. so. Yeah, I mean that's that's a bit off topic there, but that's my uh, gripe in that regard. But uh, back to the movies, um, it's I think it's you know I have to disagree with you. I've seen I think there have been a number of really good uh, comic book adaptations. Um, just uh, as of recently, I would I would say the Losers. Although you didn't like it, I thought it was a great movie, a lot of fun. Um, I'd also would point out Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, another really good movie, lots of fun based on a comic book. Uh, Kick Ass was another one that was based on a comic book that uh, I loved a lot. Um, and you know, then uh, Wolverine Origins was decent. Yeah, you know, it got it got critical acclaim, but you know, I I could have done a bit without. It was a bit lacking, I found. Yeah, but um, it, yeah. Well, speaking on Wolverine Origins, apparently, uh, well, Emma Frost actually appears in that, and also she's going to be appearing in First Class as well. Um, kind of, I don't know if they've gotten their continuity all screwed up or whatever, but it doesn't seem right. I'm not sure how they're actually going to handle First Class the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we have to wait and see an actual, uh, actually wait and see for the uh, the synopsis and everything of what the actually the movie's actually about, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. From what I've seen, it's like, you know, I almost don't expect it to be before, you know, the X-Men even existed. It was like, you know, uh, Professor X and uh, Magneto's relationship, because they used to be great friends, I know yeah. that. 
um, and they, you know, they're falling out. And then at the end, it would be the establishment of, you know, the X-Men and that wouldn't play much of a role in it. That's yeah, mo- most, yeah, most likely it's just going to be the very end of Endgame, the entire thing is pretty much uh, Magneto getting his red helmet and uh, the establishment of the X- X-Men, really. Yeah, I mean, it, from, that's what I'm, I'm hoping for. You know, some of the trailers, you know, they're showing, like, the, a bunch of different characters, like Beast is apparently flying the plane. Um, kind of makes me a bit worried for that. Yeah, to, yeah at the same time, too... Uh, Pretty much all the other X-Men movies, they've done horrible things for any upcoming movies, really. Especially yeah. the last one they did, where pretty much everyone dies, which yeah. is pretty much just <laughs> stupid. And apparently a lot of mutants, their superpower is just jumping really high. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true indeed. Um, yeah, I think the last one was a, just a crying shame. They could have done so much with it, but they really kind of painted themselves into a corner. Yeah. Um, luckily, it is a prequel, so they can kind of, sort of, a little bit ignore stuff, but not really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm wondering how, like, the other iterations are, are going to be going with, like, uh, Thor. The, the trailer looks like it could be potentially good. It's probably just going to be a good popcorn flick at best, I think. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm really hoping for more. Um, I saw the Captain America trailer, and that kind of leaves me, you know wondering that if one, there's going to be much substance to it. That one I think they're, they're probably putting a, little more, putting a little more money into. I think that one will be okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they're doing also doing the reboot of Spider-Man too, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Pretty much, yeah, the last one pretty much ruined that entire thing. Yeah, I think they definitely need to go for a reboot on the Spider-Man. Um, because I think they kind of blew their load in the first movie. Yeah, the first one was good. The second one was okay. The third one was just a pile of shit. Yeah, I mean, like, the biggest, uh, the huge problem that I had with the second one, that was with Dr. Octopus, right? Yeah. Yes, uh, you know, it's like, you know, it's Dr. Octopus, your Spider-Man, you know, he's literally just in the bay in a half-sunken boathouse in the middle of the, the, the bay with, you know, all this power being run to it and sucking up, like, a shit ton of uh, energy. Yeah. I mean, you know, with lights flashing and all that, it's like, hmm, I wonder what's going on over there in that sunken boathouse. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of you have to suspend a lot of uh, suspension of belief, really, because like, what the hell's going on here? This makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. And then the third one, well, they, they, that was just a whole clusterfuck there. Yeah, and they, I think they tried to bring a bit of character depth with uh, the and uh, the with the black suit um, and the you know, which was trying to get it back to its roots, but at the same time. They, they it fell apart with the the enemies because it, they didn't really know which direction they were going on. Do you fa- focus on Spider Man and the character development and his inner struggle, or do you focus on three separate enemies that somehow gang up together? Yeah, this, they they didn't need a little more focus on that one. Yeah, I um, think what would have been smart with that one, you know, obviously. The, it's over and never going to happen. But if the, they had, instead of, you know, Venom coming in on that movie, had it lead into a potential fourth movie with, yeah. you know, Venom beco- becoming a character at the end of the movie and not, you know, as a teaser almost. Yeah, pretty much like a cliffhanger type ending. Yeah, I think that would have been the wiser move in that regard. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because, you know, uh, Sandman, uh, he played an interesting role in it, but, you know, it was more about. 
I think it could have been more about um, you know Harry and his coming to terms with you know his dad's death and Spider-Man killing him and his best friend killing him, and also with Peter Parker coming to terms with the the, the symbiote and dealing with that, and then having the Sandman as a secondary character in there. You could all, you know, they they could have did they could have did a movie without Sandman overall. Yeah, oh, I do agree. I do agree. They certainly, they definitely could have just left him out entirely. But I mean, if they needed to have him in there as you know a filler, they, it would have been okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Batman: Arkham City, comic books. How do you feel about that one, Hugo Strange? I, I don't really know much about uh, Hugo Strange, actually. Um, like very little. And the the my most of, I've read up a lot on Batman. I find he's one of my um, more favorite DC uh, characters to follow and to read the graphic novels because a lot of them are you know you can get the one hit um, off on and it's uh, it's really decent. I enjoyed that. Um, the Arkham City comics. Uh, Actually, something that's interesting about them is they're going to be there's going to be DLC for the Arkham City comics, believe it or not. Oh yeah, I didn't read anything about that. Yeah, uh, apparently each um, each comic is going to have it's uh, the twenty pages of the story. It's going to be a six issue run um, that's going to span the the first game, Batman Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, to Batman Arkham um, Arkham City. It's going to be a six issue run. 20 pages, $3 US apparently is what they're going to cost. And then there'll be a code in there to, or uh, a link to download a, uh, side, uh, like a side venue, an eight page uh, side venue for like a dollar um, on that covers, like that runs along on the, behind the scenes along with these uh, six issue run. Okay. So, I mean, I, it's interesting that that's, uh, they're trying to do that. I don't know how it, well it's going to work, but uh, you know, I love the the game, and I would I definitely would like to know what happens between it. But I don't want to go out and spend you know, again with my ability to get to a comic book store, I'd like to be able to buy the graphic novel, and hopefully they have it out by the time Arkham City comes out. Yeah, they probably will. It's just pretty much just another way to get more money, right? I don't yeah. see why they really wouldn't do it. Uh, if not, they might even just do it after the game. If they actually do a compilation of uh, into a trade paperback, something like that. Yeah. Well, what's interesting apparently is uh, the price point on the comics. I mean, three dollars for the, the 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 just like the the soft cover. I mean, this is when you're running about four to five dollars as the average uh, standalone price from what I've seen on comics as of late. I think it, it's like with the one dollar incentive to download the like the vignette on the side, definitely seems like an interesting way of going about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of the whole price point, I think mostly actually most of them are still looking at two ninety nine, three ninety nine a pop for uh, for U.S. cover price. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah, because I actually just purchased uh, Fables. Just had another spinoff called uh, Cinderella Fables or Forever. That was two ninety nine U.S. and pretty much. Most places you go nowadays, anyway, they'll usually just do the U.S. price. Um, I know that uh, Warp 2 does U.S. price on your on, the, on all their comic books, actually. So I'm pretty sure that'd be the same for... Uh, I'm pretty sure you'd probably go to like, Warp 1 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah, so, yeah I uh, generally go to Happy Harbor most of the time. Okay. I find, you know, Warp 1 I go to uh, every now and then. Um, the problem I find with Warp is they almost... I almost feel like I'm I'm walking into a uh, a dank, dingy basement 
you know, the whole stereotype pretty much you're walking into, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I really get that vibe whenever I'm walking into a uh, into uh, into the warp just because of the, the atmosphere. I love their their selection. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Their selection is yeah. you know, bar none. But I find that the atmosphere, I just feel kind of creeped out by it, and I need a shower after I'm in there for any time, amount of time. Okay. Well, yeah, that's uh, pretty much uh, all the warps are like that. They're not really the well-lit thing. They pretty much just pack as much merchandise as they can into there. And like you were saying, they have Happy Harbor, they have a nice uh, floral layout and everything like that, so I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, it's a very welcoming atmosphere, I find. It's very, you know, open. It's very... Um, you don't feel like you're a nerd walking in there, yeah. Or that you know you're embarrassed to walk in there. Like the whenever I go to warp, um, because mainly because of parking, uh, I walk, I go into the back entrance. But I also feel that you know that back entrance is there for the people that are embarrassed to be seen walking into a comic store. It feels like it's like the back entrance to a porno shop. Yeah, a little bit. At the same time, like I understand, it's like, okay, we're not going to spend that much money on our way our store looks. We just want to give you guys as much merchandise as we can get, right? Yeah. Well, I think it's also, too, like the client, the, the people that, you know, run the place there a bit, they, they give me that vibe. I, you know, they're nice people. Don't get me wrong. I have no, nothing against them personally, but, uh, like, it's very odd. Um, very yeah, weird. It, yeah, it, give, it definitely gives you that stereotype of the dark comic book store that's only filled of guys and you know that type of thing Mm -hmm. the other issue i have with warp um is i went to warp one i was looking to pick up a uh a copy of the the card game killer bunnies great fun really a lot of good fun uh, game now they had their expansion expansions at warp one priced at um like 13 dollars for the like the the uh, add-on expansions to the card game you go over to Warp 2 because they didn't have the starter, the starter box set, which you need for, to play the game. Um, went over there, was able to pick that up, and their expansions there were actually priced differently than Warp 1. Okay. Um, which is re- I, I found really quite shocking that they share the same name, but they, can't, but they do not share the same price points. Well, it, I think they're, more, they're still more of a, a mom, mom and pops type thing, although they do have they're within Edmonton here. They do have just their couple of stores. It's like a franchise within Edmonton. I don't mm-hmm. think they really have any centralized pricing system on their shelves, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm also a bit biased against Warp because uh, back when Animeathon you know, used to be good, um, Warp, the, they, they, the Animeathon, um, they actually, the group that ran it, ran it, they invited Warp to the, the dealer's hall and they've They've never actually Warp has never been in the dealers hall, and the reason for that is Warp's demanded that they were the only dealer allowed to be there. Oh yeah, yeah, I never yeah. heard about that at all. Yeah, they were. They said, you know, okay, sure, we'll come, but uh, we want to be the only dealer. That's the only way that you will that we will be there. And this was back in the early days when Animathon was wasn't um, the society it is now, and it was still being run by Baca, the Anime Society at the U of A before it got huge. And Warp, like Warp, was uh, one of the very, very few, almost only um, comic book stores of any sort of clout that carried anime uh, before it became a lot more mainstream, like it is now. 
And Warp basically said, well, you know, sure, we'd love to do this, but we want to be the only one there. You cannot have any other dealers, and uh, you give us premium. You, we give we get a premium on everything. Um, so that's why. And Animathon basically said, you know, no, thanks, but no. Uh, they brought in <laughs> a whole bunch of other people, like uh, a Sentry Box from Calgary, which is you know a, even bigger than Warp. Um, and consi- like they only have the one location in Calgary, but you know that's what they did. And Warp has never been invited back to another Animathon. Yeah. Um, and speaking on that as well, Sentry Box, uh, this was back when role-playing games used to be a lot bigger, like the pen and paper, and before, like, well before WoW and uh, MMORPGs were, were never even a thing. Sentry Box tried to come up into Edmonton, but Warp literally uh, monopolized the market at that time and forced them out by dropping the price on all their products by, uh, by an average of 10%. Oh, yeah. Some, that Sentry Box couldn't even begin to compete with just being a startup. But yeah. Warp, because they had the clientele and the, 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 the size, they said, okay, we're going to drop it, and we're not letting you in. It was you know, some dirty pool. Well, like a bit of a dick move, but at the same time, you know, it's business, right? Yeah, there. It, it, it is but, business, you know. and you've got protect to protect the market, and I totally understand yeah, it's that. At the same time, it's a dick move. <laughs> yeah, it is a dick move. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's like saying that uh, you know, having three telecom providers is okay. Yeah. Wireless, and we don't need anyone else. Uh, speaking a little bit with that, actually, apparently, uh, LG is trying to stop import of the PlayStation 3s into North America. They've actually, oh, yeah. su- they've actually sued, uh, or they're trying to sue Sony on a patent infringement um, for something. I can't remember what. I can't actually. I don't actually have the uh, thing here, but it kind of feels like the same way. It's pretty much okay. We just don't want. We just want to take a bite out of your business for the time being. That type of thing. Yeah, what surprises me on that regard is how long it took LG to even raise the suit. Yeah. Um, which was you know, quite surprising um, in that regard. You know, it's been, the PS3 has been out in the market for over five years now, and you know, LG is just coming up now uh, saying, hey, uh, we want to, you know, to, to cut, cut, shut you down, essentially. Yeah. Or pretty much take a, at least take a small dent out of them, just slow them yeah. down a bit. But at the same time, uh, apparently uh, PlayStation or Sony actually launched a countersuit against one of uh, against LG for infringing one of their patents. So mm-hmm. pretty much just a waste of money for everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree. What that reminds me of is um, Sony, uh, PlayStation 2 at the Rumble techno- technology. I believe it was a immersion. Uh, yeah. Uh, was it one that filed the suit on that? And they actually won. Uh, for a time, they back in 1998, I believe it was in March, they won a lawsuit that uh, restricted the the sale of any PlayStation Twos in the U.S. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, a little known piece of gaming knowledge there. Sony obviously made you know made right with them very quickly because I was still in the, when the PS2 was big and uh, big in the market. But uh, the fact that you know, they got a judgment that they could not sell PS2s in uh, the U.S. for and it lasted for about thirty days. Yeah, well, they probably just threw a bunch of money at it. It's like, okay, here's your cut. We want to sell yep. our platforms. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, pretty much. I think all they really think we got to care about is okay. As long as we don't get, we don't lose as much money trying to defend our product as it is we're making, we're in the good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do agree with you on that. But yeah, it, it's definitely interesting in the, how uh, lawsuits are going in that regard. Yes, definitely. 
All right. Uh, I think that might uh, do it for tonight for us here. Uh, it's a bit of a shorter episode, but pretty much we're down. We've lost three people tonight. Errol couldn't make it. Uh, Baljo had to call her night early, and JD was having internet issues. So I um, think we might just call her night now. Uh, that sounds uh, pretty decent for me. Um, what topic do we want to discuss next week? Do we have one on the, the docket, or are we going to leave it a mystery for now? Uh, we'll leave a mystery for now. I'll post it on the blog. Uh, okay. Any uh, final remarks? Um, well, uh, from law, just for anyone that's following my uh, gaming steps, I'm, you know, I'm going to be finishing up Lost in Shadow probably tonight. I wouldn't be surprised, or maybe uh, earlier this week. Um, I'm considering going into either Ruse or uh, Castlevania, Lord of Shadows. Uh, if anyone has any suggestions uh, where I should head after that, because I'm kind of running dry for the market this this uh, period for February. Uh, let me know. Drop it. All, drop us a line at the, our email, or uh, leave a comment on the blog. Yes. Uh, firstly, myself. Um, check out Invincible, uh, Damage Comics, uh, Robert Kirkman, and also check out Fables. That's a Vertigo comics. that's uh, written by Bill Willingham, and Scott. You got a bunch of spin-offs and stuff as well that you don't really need to actually read the mainstream comic for. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So visit us at 8.5bit.libsyn.com and email us at 8.5bit at gmail.com. It's all be in the show notes. And for 8.5bit, this is Stephen Lamb. This is Ian demanding a reboot and not getting it. And have a good night, guys. Take care. See you next week. <laughs>